0: Hello there listeners, I'm Small Keith, and welcome back to Stemming the Tide. We got a bit lucky at the beginning of last week's episode there. To and Physic managed to save themselves before going into the drink when the bridge gave way. Since our path gave way to the water, we couldn't use the front door, but we found our way in around the side through a crumbling wall. Where we found more midflits and a giant maggot. I got the touch burned by Physic's alchemist fire, but I did manage to kill the giant maggot before it left me sick. Sage, while I was raging, managed to kill the last one with a magic missile as it was making for cover. After not being healed by our cutter physic, I led the charge to clear the ground floor. In the very next room, I discovered a sinkhole caused by an ancient battle and four midflits inside the wrestling below. That's where we're going to pick it up today.
1: everyone. Another episode, episode three. And we're going to start this episode with a little bit of acknowledgement of past mistakes. (laughs) That should be fun. Uh, Already getting started on correcting ourselves and fully expect that this will happen continuously throughout the show <laughs> to some degree. I'm sure we're going to get some, uh, some uh, feedback, let's call it, on Reddit and whatnot as we, as we grow. But uh, I figured we ought to address the fact that we, I mean, we stated before, you know, we ha- uh, we're no masters of, of the rules and uh, let us acknowledge that right now with uh, a couple of, couple of small things. You guys ready to hear what you got wrong?
0: I don't know I got anything wrong, but yeah, I guess I'm ready.
1: <laughs> yeah, Duncan, you down. ready? You ready? Yeah? Oh, I can't wait. Scott, you want to hear much, how much of a fuck-up you are?
2: Uh, I'm ready. I know the thing <laughs> I got wrong was listening to your bullshit so much, so <laughs> we'll see. Truth be told, I got most of it wrong, so... But
1: uh, not try not to make any excuses, but maybe merely explaining. Um, when we started this, room, we did some test recording in the summer here in 2021. By the time we got to recording our first episode... We tried to get a little bit in, but we didn't really have the time, and we just ended up taking almost two months off from play, I think it was. So we're definitely feeling a bit rusty. Combine that with everyone playing something that's out of their their normal wheelhouse and comfort zone, uh, and uh, there's just a couple tiny things along the way. And none of them are are game-breaking, really, but I would like to address them anyway. Let's do it. Samal and the Mitflits. We probably could have played this out a little bit differently in the first room using concealment, the concealment condition in uh with the drop ceiling and, and them having seen you and you not seeing them we played it a little fast and loose with that one but i think all in all it added up pretty sensibly so i, I don't i just thought it was a, a it's something that popped into my head i don't think it was necessary they did have the high ground you had the low ground it was really really tough they had you know a hole in the wall that probably filtered a little more light in so it it all kind of works out in that sort of imagination there similitude kind of way yeah and I rolled a really high perception check when I first stepped in. Totally, yeah. So, so it's fine. You know. And re- realistically, uh, even if we had used it, it would have been something like uh, they would have been concealed, but Samal would have been observing them. And then he would have had to ra- roll a, a DC-5 flat check in order to hit them. I don't think you were really looking to do anything ranged anyway. So it's neither here nor there.
0: No, I was, I was treating it pretty accurately. So Samal, mm-hmm. during the march into a wet place, would not have had his bow pre-strung. So right. that's why later on in the session, I took the five minutes to string the bow.
1: Yeah, for sure. From there, uh, I guess I could have had you roll an attack roll for the pulling down the planks with your boarding axe.
0: Yeah, I prompted you for one.
1: Yeah, I kind of got wrapped up in the fact that it was uh, climbing axe. And I was like, oh, that's cool. You can just reach up and do it. and you know. But uh, again, neither here nor there. Uh, we did cover it too when you, you know we shot the the crossbow with the rope on it and stuff. So, you know, it's not like a rule we didn't use at uh, at some point, but we just didn't use it there. So it's all a very obvious gray area. The only other thing was that um, James did admit to me after the first episode, I think it was, or at least the first encounter, that he forgot to raise his shield. <laughs> yeah. That's, and that's just, you know, again, not quite used to these these character types. And then I actually didn't even realize that he has to actually... Um, sorry, he didn't forget to raise his shield. He forgot to shield block because you did raise yeah, your shield. Sorry,
0: that's the one. Almost every turn I raise my shield. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I didn't realize you have to have your shield raised in order to shield block. So we, yeah. you know, he he now remembers, and I learned something. So it all works out. Well, let's not get ahead
0: of ourselves. <laughs> I'll probably forget this episode
1: too. <laughs> that's okay. Um, I will remind you that was episode one. Not much, not much to go wrong there. That was pretty good. Uh, episode two. I, I forgot to reveal a little bit of information to you. Uh, Sage Tulak, you rolled the nature check on the Mitflit. And um, I think this was in episode two. I, I might have wrote this down wrong. Who knows? It doesn't matter. I, what I forgot to tell you was that uh, all those piles of pixie mug, and this will come to no one as a surprise, were in fact Mitflit dung.
2: So. I mean, that kind of surprises me.
1: I thought it, it was <laughs> something
2: weird. But I mean, like, I didn't go straight to poop.
1: Okay, yeah, cool. they were just trying to get you to eat their poop and have a laugh at you. <laughs> that's, that's pretty much it. Uh, it was something I meant to tell you when you did the nature, like when you realized these mitflits were, uh, because that was actually part of the, the checks in the room was, uh, was finding that out. Um, I also would like to, one, I, I'm kind of curious, you guys, when the combat tracker is up, you guys do see the names of the creatures, right? Yep. yep. Okay. So yeah. I'm just curious why everyone was calling them mitflicks instead of mitflits. It's a better name. Rolls off the tongue. <laughs> like everybody did it. And I was like, man, do they all just suddenly become illiterate? Like that's gonna make this a lot harder if all of a sudden they can't
2: read. Uh- <laughs> well, once you we start meeting NPCs and I start making up shitty names for them, you'll be real angry. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh which brings uh that
1: brings me to uh Physic and his splash damage with the bombs. Uh, I reviewed this a couple times before we started playing and, and they were uh, sometimes a little bit hard to remember all the details. It's not hard to get your head around actually, but it's just like there's a couple extra details in there. Um, so the splash trait on weapons, I just want to quickly review. We we actually missed only a single point of damage uh, during that uh, fight with the Mitflits and the, the Maggot. And uh, before you ask, uh, James, no, it was not on Samal and a reflex save. I took splash damage. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so do not Pasco and do not collect one HP, but rather we forgot to put one splash damage on the primary target. They also take splash damage. Okay. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So you take they uh, if you uh, and splash trait weapons are actually pretty damn cool. The only time no one takes damage is on a critical failure. Even on a regular failure, everyone takes splash damage, including the main target. And we don't have to, we don't go into rules of like rolling to see what square it lands in, which is sort of the the bonus. Um, But rather, everybody in that zone will still take the splash damage. In this case, it would have been one. And on a a success, obviously the same case, but then the primary target takes the, the main damage as well as the persistent damage. And then on a critical success, same deal, but the initial damage is doubled, the persistent damage is doubled, but the splash damage is not so that's sort of the basic breakdown of the splash trait. And uh, I think it's pretty cool. Um, I think it's pretty incredible that only a critical failure makes you do no damage. Um, <laughs> thank goodness we're not rolling, pulling any crit uh, fumble decks. <laughs> so um,
3: so there's that. Any questions, thoughts, concerns? I'm just glad that, uh, you know, we missed the damage on the enemy and not the one that's Almost dead right now. That's great. <laughs> Poor Samal. Will he survive? Will
1: he not? Who knows? He could die this episode for all I know. <laughs> yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention was we sort of glossed over resting in, in, to a degree. And I remember catching it a little bit, but I was a little bit busy, you know, just getting my feet back on the ground, jamming. When you guys decided to rest at Attempt Another Tree Wounds, which did fail... You guys had, we had established you had to wait another 45 minutes, but nothing really happened. We glossed over it and then we moved on. So I just wanted to like point that out. Such a, such a missed opportunity for role play and a missed opportunity for actually taking a look at this room. Whether you're, whether you're investigating and rolling really your recall knowledge using the search uh, exploration activity, which is something no one's yet to use um which is that's kind of how you find hidden things um investigating is for re- uh, recalling knowledge and retrieving knowledge about your surroundings and maybe learning some history and that sort of thing which we did in the the sinkhole room that samala is now occupying we glossed over that whether it was the role play or not there was other things that were possible so i just wanted to point that out you should keep that in mind and um the only other thing is uh is an old habits die hard moment on my end uh, I think it comes from the fact that we hadn't played in about two months, plus the last time I, I played was uh, in a 12-hour long 5E, D&D 5E session with James not that long ago. And I should not have rolled opposing checks for Samal entering this room. So I went back and looked at the numbers in Foundry and found that he his stealth, despite being pretty poor, still exceeded all of their perception DCs. So this totally changes the dynamic of the situation in which we ended in episode two. This, this means we're not rolling initiative. In fact, what it's going to mean is Samal is now going to get to choose what to do here. If he wants to engage or if he wants to continue his avoid notice and sneak back out of the room. And we are going to have James make that choice before anything else. But before we even do that, I have to talk about one final mistake... Which was, of course, collaborating on exposition with Scott. He's awful to work with,
2: so I True. just wanted to, True. yeah. <laughs> well, it's because you have more you have more words in it than I do, and I don't like that. I want to be the center of attention. <laughs> oh, I thought it was just because you're you're not a man of words at all. No, no, no. It's just the line split. I don't like. <laughs> Well,
1: with that, uh, even though it was a painful process, I would still love to introduce uh, an awesome scene uh, for Sage Tula. A worn purple wagon sits amid a grassy field in the autumn dusk, the sounds of music, laughter, and cheering floating on the wind from the nearby marketplace. Inside the wagon, however... The mood is less jovial, and the aromatic smoke of incense is thick in the candlelit interior. A young couple sits on cushions in silence, hands held in anxious anticipation. Across from them, a figure in a dark cloak, with a hood obscuring his face, shakes a black leather bag. Its contents making a distinct click-click-clack. As the figure spills the bag open onto a small wooden table in front of him, six small worn bones with carved runes settle on the table. The young couple stifle a nervous gasp. The hooded figure uses his delicate fingers to quickly organize the bones in front of him, placing them in a seemingly random order to the untrained eye. The atmosphere is tense, but after a brief time, the man pulls back his hood, revealing a handsome face marred only by a single pupilless eye. He smiles wide in a disarming fashion, as he has learned to do.
2: Breaking the silence, the man says, Your union shall be blessed. You'd be wise to wed in the month of Neth on the first frost. You shall be gifted with bountiful offspring starting near next harvest. He smiles wide
1: again. The young couple excitedly thank the man and carefully place a few silver coins on the wooden table. The man wipes the bones back into the bag. As the couple exit the wagon and close the door behind them, the smile drops from his face. He leans back on the mound of pillows behind him and sighs. His one blue eye looks forlorn in the flickering light, and the other gives away no emotion at all. Pulling his hood back over his dark, tied-up hair, The man blows out the candles and steps into the gathering darkness, pulling his collar tight around his neck to ward off the coming cold of night. Walking in silence, away from the lights of the town, the man rubs his temples as if trying to clear his mind of something, and the moonlight reveals a grimace across his face. Once over a hill and beyond a copse of trees, he stops, pulls his hood back, and regards the night sky. Lowering his head with a look of focus and hands outstretched, he brings them together in front of his chest. The wind suddenly picks up and his cloak whips in the salty breeze. As the man begins to pull his hands apart, a purple glow forms between his palms. As he spreads them wider, the purple light begins to swirl and intensify. The strange glow lights the man's face, casting a lonely shadow across the meadow. And as quickly as it appeared, the light flickers out. The man gives a sigh, gathering himself, and begins to refocus and pull at the light again. And again. As the sun breaches the horizon and sends its rays across the inner sea, the man walks back into town and directly to the Dawnflower Library. With a smile and a wave, he returns the greeting of a small halfling woman, Vandy Banderdash, fortune smiles upon him as the chatty librarian is already engaged in conversation with several of the younger dawnflower acolytes but then again it's been ages since vandy has bothered to use her knack for book recommendations on the man he remains among the very few she's been unable to properly assist walking deep into the library and with a sidelong glance the man purposely skips past the section on the occult mysticism and the supernatural instead stopping in a small, mostly private reading area and selects a dusty tome from a reserved stack. Settling on a bench drenched in the early morning sun pouring in through the window, he carefully opens the book to a page marked by a silk ribbon and begins to read in the cozy warmth. He rubs his tired eyes with his fist and continues to scan the near-crumbling ancient pages. Hungry for information... Hungry for answers, the man flips the page again, and again, and again. Exiting the library, exhausted, the man walks swiftly through the streets. He is greeted with smiles and waves, and despite his weary state, he returns them all in kind. He makes his way through the freshly opened otari market, the familiar smells of exotic coffee wafting from a nearby textile merchant nearly giving him a second or third wind. But he marches on and reaches his wagon, just in time to catch a disapproving glimpse of the dour and humorless owner of the market. Ignoring him, he enters the wagon, collapsing onto the stacked cushions. He tries to sleep, but he is woken. In his dreams and in his waking moments, he hears the voice again and again. And again. And again. And that was mostly Scott's writing. Hey, who'd have thought, eh? <laughs> the kids still get it. Fantastique, fantastique. That's French listeners. That was awesome, man.
2: Thank you, thank you. Like I said, I should have put more lines in for myself, but uh, Freeman knocked
0: it out of the park. <laughs> uh, you did great too, man. Yeah, that, was, yeah. that was awesome. Yeah.
1: Now we're in the meat of it. Samal, the ball is in your
0: cart. Samal is going to attempt to back out slowly. (laughs) (laughs) I did some
1: calculations on the moving at half speed with the avoid notice. Um, General, I'm pretty sure I know where you started, and you really only moved... Basically, at half speed, you can only move 10 feet, but you really only moved 5 into the room. So you have five out, and then you can kind of just skip out. I'm not going to make you roll anything. I think you can just back out. Then he's he's going to do that. What's what's the light like in this room? Yeah. So the, this the the ceiling is totally collapsed. It's actually quite a bit brighter in here than most. And um, what you just a recap of what you what you came upon is this sinkhole in this room that's clearly been hit by devastating ancient magic and battle. And uh, you see four Mitflits in this sinkhole that are fighting and wrestling over something. And that's why they haven't noticed you. They are ten feet below you. You peer over the edge. You kind of signal back to everyone else. There's dudes here. Remember we went through that. And back the fuck back out.
0: (laughs) Yep. Very, very slowly. Trying to avoid as much notice as possible. Love it. Okay. And you do just that. All right, gentlemen. That appears to be the, the, the midflicks in the sinkhole haven't noticed me yet. Physic. See what you can do about it. Um, okay.
3: Physic is out of alchemical fire, that's for sure. Oh. But what I can <laughs> do is uh, whip one up real quick um, using quick alchemy.
0: Oh, nice. Yes, so like that's that. why I
3: saved one of my four reagents in case something like this came up. So I'll get out the alchemist tools, and then I can use my last reagent. Uh, and if you do quick alchemy, it's basically a one-for-one. One. I'm just going to get one alchemical fire out of it. But um, if you can point out exactly where I'm supposed to be lobbing this here. I can ping it on the map. Here, Physic, you can could, you could move a bit to, to, get a, to get a view here.
1: I'll, I'll oh, yeah, you I can actually can, see them? There you go. Okay. So yeah, they, um, the uh, what I didn't realize when we're, I was reviewing The alchemists, and Duncan was as well was that there, there's a thing called quick alchemy and there's one called advanced alchemy and I like the advanced alchemy makes me think oh it's just like you know it's more complex but it's not It actually means you've prepared it in advance in this case and so that's the difference with his like his uh, alchemical infusions is that if he does them in advance he can get more out of one reagent. Um, but he has he's set he's locked those in for the day essentially. But if he wants to use quick alchemy, it's a one for one instead. But he gets to choose on the fly, so it's a pretty pretty cool system.
3: Yeah, like regardless, your reagents are worthless, and whatever they make are worthless within 24 hours. So you gotta walk that line of seeing what you're gonna prepare ahead of time and what you're going to need, like a a spontaneous little alchemical fire to throw into a pit to burn up some midflights. <laughs>
2: Uh, question for the GM. Uh, at the north end of the room, is that a door? Indeed it is. Okay. the door that leads straight into the, the room that you were
1: just in. You're Perfect. just in. a You're just in a broken corner of the wall that's also leading to the
2: room. Great. So Tulak will move to the west to
0: be in front of said door. Okay. And then Small will move up right behind physics so he's got an eye on this pit. Okay, and
1: Physic barely enters the room, and he's going to lob from there, so you have the range. I've got
3: 20 feet of range, so that would be the, um... Now here's my question where we're out of combat right now, where it's normally a combat activity that would take one action, that doesn't really give me times on it.
1: Yeah, so one action, you know... uh, effectively means it's you know one third of your, your turn of combat, so one third of six seconds two seconds in length-ish um, if you want to try and lob that into the center of them uh, you're going to have to step in one more square I think, uh, without taking a penalty um, but uh, you will have to uh, probably avoid notice to do that effectively so they don't notice you um, but that's up to you if you want to do that or you can take a minus two to your attack roll for being outside of your range increment.
3: Uh, oh, do I ever want to step forward? But do I ever not want to hear you go like? Bah,
2: bah, 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 bah,
1: <laughs> I will. Uh, yeah, I will also say these these guys are are distracted, so they are going to have a, uh, a penalty to their to their DC. So the DC is going to be lower to succeed on a stealth check.
3: Okay, uh, and that's just like
1: a. It's not the sort of thing I'm going to tell you all the time, but it's a, it is a background mechanic that happens. If they are properly distracted. If they're just sitting on a chair staring at the wall, that's not distracted. But they're playing a game of cards, right now they're wrestling over, like, a juicy grub that they found in the ground is what it is.
3: So roasted grub for supper tonight. Uh, yeah, I'd like to take <laughs> the avoid notice action and step west five feet as okay. goddamn sneakily as possible. <laughs> all right. You step west and they do not seem to have noticed you. Ooh, in that case, I am right within a lobbin range to okay. hit the, um, well, basically the center. So what we're gonna do here
1: is roll for initiative, and Physic, you are going to use your stealth check as your initiative, Okay. which I've already plugged in, and I'll, I'll walk us through the process here, because um, there's no technical surprise rounds in 2e, But currently, what we have here is that you guys have not been noticed. Two of you are not in the room. One of them is in the room, but has not been noticed. So they may or may not act in this round. So rather than you being able to act while they can't, it's sort of inverted a bit. Um, But let's go
0: through initiative real quick. I would like some What do you got? Uh, rolling rocks to start with for a a ten on the die for a fifteen initiative. Oh
1: yeah, it's a it's a real middling rock, eh? Yeah. Uh, Physic got a fourteen, but what do we get from Sage Tulak? Ooh, pretty hot roll here for a dirty twenty. Dirty twenty, very nice. Okay, and I'll roll up for these mitflits. Okay, so the first one of the mittflitz is actually goes first, but he's preoccupied, so his. He spends his turn continuing to wrestle with the
2: other Miflits. That brings us to Sage Tulak. Um, I am going to hold my action until after Physic's turn. Okay, so you are delaying. Delay, yes. Thank you. Samal.
1: I will also delay. Okay. That brings us to another Mitflit who
3: continues to wrestle Physic. Uh, physic will give a nervous little fire on the hull... <laughs> and launch that
1: uh, Alchemist fire. Amazing. And they are, because they do not notice you, um, they're going to be flat-footed to this attack.
3: Well, that's good because it was a 13.
1: Oh, man. That flat-footed gives them minus two to their AC. Their AC is 15. That's exactly the amount you needed. Nice. Oh, Nice. <laughs> <laughs> So I assume you're hitting the this guy, uh, the one in the center here, so you're going to get splash damage on everybody, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, that was okay.
3: Wicked. Okay, roll me up your damage. That'll be seven base damage. Okay. Plus, I think he gets the one persistent and one splash damage. That is correct. And the
1: others also take one, and they all go, ah, and Samal will act... Okay, <laughs> the one on fire drops the
0: grub in surprise. Samal's going to enter the order here. What do you got? Uh, he, so how? what does my range look like on these guys? So am I able to see any of them in the pit from where I'm standing? I Only, mean, I can see them on my screen. Yeah, but.
1: go just run with that. Whatever you can see on your screen okay. with, the, with the dynamic lighting, that's you.
0: Okay, he is going to target the one farthest away from him and take one shot with a short bow. That is a modified 20 to hit. Uh, That will definitely hit. And that will be uh, two points piercing damage. Uh, Okay, two damage to
1: that guy. And that's your turn. Oh, sorry, it's not delayed. (laughs) I I was thinking, sorry, I was thinking ready to action. I was thinking ready to action. It's my bad. (laughs)
2: Uh,
0: (laughs) Uh, He'll take another shot uh, with the same same mid flick in the pit. Fire this one away from him. That is a 13 to hit
1: and since you've already struck him once he's, he now knows you're there so he's not going to be flat footed to that attack and the 13 is going to miss okay I don't know if I can hit with the third attack so yeah usually not in the best math interest the third attack <laughs> unless you're uh, for yeah it.
0: so what Samal's going to do with his last action is take cover so behind the wall next to him because he's kind of standing in a doorway mm-hmm. he will take cover there which will give him a boost to his AC wicked okay Okay, so that brings us to the the, um,
2: uh, Mitflit on fire. I am going to toss in after James. Come on. Yeah, that's right. All right, right, fine. (laughs) All right, what are you doing, Sage Tulak? All right, so Tulak jumping into the Anish here um, is going to open the door in front of him. Okay. And then he looks to have a pretty good view on what's going on in here. And so he's going to look at the middle southernmost uh Mitflit there and focusing around the room he notices a rather large rock and he reaches out to it and using his mind he grasps it and sends it flying at the mittflit in the middle of the room no i'm sorry there are no rocks those are all flavor rocks there's rocks goddammit <laughs> fine roll it's your attack roll broken building barn you son of a bitch
1: <laughs> my name's scott i want to be involved <laughs>
2: That's a 15. Me to beat. I already
1: know yeah, it. Yeah, whatever. Just roll your damage, son of a bitch.
2: Seven points of damage. Seven points of damage. And how does this rock murder this creature? Uh, it just comes flying from the side. He doesn't even see it coming. He's looking up at Samal there on fire, and it just comes in and just shatters his ribcage. And he goes down like a sack of mitt flip potatoes. <laughs> okay. Alright, so now can can I use the guy that's on
1: fire? Okay. Uh, So, (laughs) bomb strikes him. Explode. Splash damage everywhere. Arrow comes flying. Hits a dude. Arrow comes flying. Misses a guy. Rock comes flying. Murders his friend. He panically drops the grub and just starts looking around and then he runs to the edge this way to the north and is going to attempt to climb out. And he spends one action climbing five feet. And one action not climbing at all. Just staying still. So he's kind of hanging on the wall right now. He's kind of losing his grip. And the other Mitflit behind him... Oh, also, by the way, he fails his persistent fire damage uh, check. So he's going to take one fire damage while he's on the wall. Oh, you know what? I can try one more climb. Oh yeah, there we go. And he gets up. He gets up and he, he spots Sage Tulak right through the door right away. He's like, Ah, scoop a da ba And one of the mitflits that, uh that is next to the one that just died from uh, the rock and the arrow greedily scoops up the grub and just munches on it, wasting an action. And then he, tur- he starts to look around and panicked and... Uh, heads to the northeast and starts climbing the wall himself. And he makes it up and pops up next to Physic. And that's going to bring us to the top of the round with the dead Mitflit. We just remove him. See you never. And the other, the last Mitflit in the pit is going to stride over and also attempt to climb. And despite all the minus ones on these, they're doing really good. And he climbs up out of the pit uh, near Physic and near the door. And that brings us to Physic, who is now face-to-face with one of these little bastards.
3: That's where I want to be. Um, great. One little bastard facing another little bastard. Yep, it's a little bastard off. <laughs> well, kind of low on options as he is. I think he's going to draw the dagger that's on his belt and give a little poke here to the uh, mid directly south of him for a 19 to hit. Hell yeah. For one big point of damage. Oh man, it's so big. Not even going to touch that one. Alright, what do you got for your next uh, attempt? Running away seems like a good idea but there's not really anywhere to run right now, is there? You can run through your ally space if you need to. That's what you're thinking about.
0: I would endorse it.
3: <laughs> well... <laughs> I, I don't want to leave you hanging there, bud. But uh, that's a stride out the room, okay. right behind Sage. Or sorry, right behind Samal. All right, that's two actions. You got anything else? Draw, then poke, then. Always I draw, draw. dagger. Yeah. first. Okay,
1: my bad. That
0: brings us to the new human shield, Samal. Samal, first action is going to unleash a single arrow on the one directly in front of him. Oof. Uh, that is a modified twenty to hit. Yep. That will be seven points of piercing damage.
1: Seven. Holy jeez! Where'd you get the plus two? Uh,
0: point blank shot. I forgot it last time.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's a
1: stance. Um, stances. I think you have to spend an action to get into. Do you not? Am I am I wrong about
0: that? Stance is a general combat strategy that you enter by using an action with the stance trait. Oh, uh, okay. Okay. So he is then going to drop the short bow with his with a free action. Second action, draw his shield. Third action, raise said shield. All right. I like your style. Tulak, can you show him up? I don't know about that, but we can give
2: it a shot. So um, Tulak, again, is going to focus his mind on maybe a piece of timber hanging from the wall and crash it down on the dome of the mitflit that's on fire right in front of him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's going to be a 26 to hit, baby. That's
1: a crit. That's
3: a crit, baby.
2: Hell yeah, this guy's having a terrible day right now. <laughs> it's going to be 18 points of damage, bludgeoning damage. Uh,
1: Yeah, that's a big ol' hit uh, and kill. And just for f- uh, flavor's sake, I'm going to say the fire on that mitflit kind of just like it gets hit so hard it just spurs out into next to the guy that you can't see and i'm gonna make him take one splash damage yeah burn them all all thanks to the crit factor
2: Uh, anything else from you uh yeah and then the open door in front of him he's just gonna kick it closed so you've assumed that you've pulled it open instead of push it open Yep, that was an assumption I made for fun. <laughs> I think that's up to <laughs> me, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. I was the one who touched the door. <laughs> actually,
1: truth is, and uh, I didn't specify but I should have, but pretty much all these doors crumble the moment you open them. So I'm actually not going to allow you to do that. Oh, you... Rule of cool Freeman. <laughs> Check me
2: out. <laughs> the old retcon barn over here. <laughs> All right. Not, not an issue there. He's just going to take a stride action and move around the corner uh, to the west.
0: Just trying to put a little bit more space. So half. You can always use the take cover action. It gives mm. you a plus two if you want to just duck behind one of those walls as a single action.
2: Yeah. Okay. Actually, you know what? I do want to do that. I will take cover. Go team. Don't forget either
1: that uh, all the difficult terrain in the previous room that you guys are n- now most pretty much all occupying, any of those any of that rubble is, is difficult terrain. Yep. All right, and that brings us to the midflit uh, that just got struck with point blank shock. It is going to step up to Samal and strike with its short sword. Well, I guess it's gonna have to pull one out <laughs> first and then strike.
0: Okay. So wait. Yeah. Give me the order of operations again, please. Pull short sword, step up, slash. Okay. It's very important that he pulls <laughs> it out before he steps up. Oh, yeah. As a fighter, I have an attack of opportunity. <laughs> very much so.
1: And uh, I uh, I, mean, it makes the most sense. You pull your weapon out before you get into melee. So that's the order I'm going with. And uh, that's going to be a natural 20 for 28 to hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's not, a, that's not a crit. Yeah. And... Um, that's uh, going to be uh, uh, two damage. <laughs>
0: Perfect. Uh, I'm going to use my shield block here.
1: Shield block. Walk us through shield block.
0: Yeah, so this shield, um, is it's a steel shield, so it has a hardness of five, uh, which means anything above five damage I and the shield both take. So if it was six damage, we'd both take one. In this case, since it's less than five, it just kind of bounces off the shield, and that uses my reaction.
1: And for anyone listening who's curious about why he's uh, uh, i'm allowing him to make the announcement after damage it's because of a very imp- important um order of operations when it comes to things like hardness and damage resistance in particular so if Samal were to have dr against slashing uh, we would have to calculate that first before um the hardness and that means he needs to know how much damage is going through before he decides whether or not he's making the shield block. So that's pretty much above board. Whether or not that's rules is written, I believe it's rules is intended. But uh, that's that's that. So that's, that's you. That's sweet. Negating a natural
0: 20. Love it.
1: <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, because these guys suck. And then uh, the uh, midfoot here that just took one splash damage is going to step up over this way and peek around the corner. It's going to draw its weapon. And then step up again to Tulak. But it's going to waste all his actions because it's confused. It doesn't know what's going on. It was in a blind spot. Um, and just watched his friend get crushed by what was left of the ceiling. <laughs> That's going to bring us to Physic.
3: Okay. Well, Physic is not going back in that room right away.
1: I want to point out right now, by your positioning... Uh, there will be a bonus to enemies AC if you try and use a rage attack through another occupy, a creature occupying a space because they kind of have a, a loose cover uh, from Samal being between you and them. Just throwing that out there.
0: Great. Right. okay. Samal is a big man with the shield out
3: now. So <laughs> yeah.
0: that's kind of the whole point.
3: <laughs> um, I think I'm going to try that anyway, so. So uh, is there something I can do to uh, put that penalty onto my roll, or are we just going to subtract it normally?
0: It w- I think it wouldn't be a penalty or roll so much as a bonus to its AC. Because it's cover, right? That's pretty much it. It covers I, a plus 2 or a plus 4 to their AC. Oh, okay.
1: It's, I th- I believe it's lesser cover, and which is only a plus 1. Those numbers are lower in 2E uh, on, these, on the bonuses and penalties in general.
3: Okay, so I think this is going to be three actions for one shot. Be a draw the bow, reload, and then fire. But I don't really have much else to do, so...
0: Yeah, go for it. I you. hope I kill this thing. <laughs> we should get you some throwing knives.
3: Yeah, that wouldn't be bad, especially because I just rolled a 12. Yep, no dice. <laughs> and once again, he goes, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and that's his turn? That's gotta be
1: it. Alright, well, Samal's gonna take care of us, I can tell now. What do you got?
0: Uh, small first action is going to shield bash just just punch this mid flick right in the face with his, with his <laughs> kite shield uh, that is an 18 to hit uh, yeah that hits alright that is 6 points of bludgeoning damage oh just it's wha-bam. so dead <laughs> brain uh, damage dead <laughs> uh, second action after that epic shield bash is he's going to step into the room mm-hmm. or stride into the room I guess is more accurate and 5 10 15 20 go looking for this mid flick and he kind of sees it around the corner um that's about as far as he can go actually okay actually he can move all of the way up so he's gonna do that he's gonna do a full stride uh okay uh, and take that extra five feet and then flanking this thing with uh sage 2 lock he's just gonna hit it with his shield again okay uh that is a 14 to hit that's a miss Even with the flanking?
1: Oh, sorry. With the flanking, it's a hit. Thank you. Excellent. I was not listening, apparently.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That'll be seven points of bludgeoning damage as he just reach out and smacks this one across the back of the head with his shield.
1: And you do so. And it looks real rough now. (laughs) It just took some fire embers to the face, and then it runs around. It pulls a short sword, and then all of a sudden behind it, back of the head, two lock. You just see this thing rock forward for
0: a sec. Yeah, Samal and Tulak make eye contact and Samal just just shrugs. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. What do you do? Please kick
1: it
2: in the balls. (laughs) With this creature right in front of him, seeing Samal towering over him on the other side, just smash the back of his dome. Tulak looks at him and mutters some words under his breath and waves his hand across the face of the mitflit that's right in front of him, uh, casting daze. Nice. Nice. Okay.
1: This is a will save for me, isn't it?
2: Yes, it's a will save. Has a 14 grab you. That Uh, does not do it. You fail and you take four damage. There's no way it survives. So tell me, describe your kill. (laughs) It's got one HP left. Basically, he just uh, sees him just take it off the back of the head from Samal. He's leaning forward, waves a hand in front of his face, speaking some words, and he just... His brain implodes on itself and <laughs> he dies. Jesus. <laughs> just slumps to the ground in the doorway.
1: Just between the between the rock to the uh, the, the shield to the back of the head, and then your uh, attack is like his brain just gets scrambled in his own skull, collapsing to the ground, and that is the end of that combat.
0: Small's gonna go back over the doorway and pick up his short bow.
1: I gotta say that was very well handled
2: <laughs> across the board. That was that was awesome. <laughs> We're learning. We we were a little rusty first couple apps, but... I'm extremely glad I caught myself
1: on the post checks because I was thought, you know what? This is going to create a really cool uh, moment, I think, if if you guys do. Or I wasn't sure if you would even engage them. I thought you might just walk out and go check something else out. But uh, that was awesome. That was super fun. In fact, it was so fun, I'm going to give everyone a hero point.
2: Aww. Yeah. Hey! I don't care what literally every single person I've ever talked to says about you. You're not that bad. Oh, I only take oh, back sorry. some
1: of the
3: things I said about you.
1: Sorry, Scott, I, I misspoke. Uh, Duncan and James get a hero point, but you get a zero point. Hand off the chess piece, buddy. Because <laughs> <laughs> you was a loser. Scott only gets zero points. <laughs>
0: And just a reminder to the listening audience that we are stacking hero points, but they're not refreshing every session.
1: Yes, correct.
0: So if someone goes down and
1: decides to use Heroic recovery, they're going to lose both of those. So use them up. It is within your purview. Your it's it's your uh, it's uh, uh, prerogative. Thank you. <laughs> I was about to try and squeeze incentivize in there somehow, and it just wasn't working to my right? <laughs>
3: your, your jargon needs work, buddy. You need a more office-based job, I think.
1: Yeah, you want to you you sit here and GM and <laughs> come up with words at the same time? <laughs> I don't think so. With all Uh-oh. your book learning? <laughs> yeah, you and your vocabulary, Mr. Forbes. I think you're so cool. It's the only thing I have. <laughs> <laughs> that and those nimble fingers. Um what uh, what do you guys want to do now?
0: <laughs> uh, Samal is going to take the search action after we were so delicately scolded at the beginning of this episode <laughs> and search this room. I guess is that I'll what search, it felt like, Mom. a delicate
1: scolding. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Look, I could have pointed out loads of other ones, I just don't want to take up too much time, <laughs> you know? That was just the most obvious one. <laughs> All right, so Samal searches the 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 previous room, the L shaped room, not the sinkhole room, right? We were kind of you gotta kind of look. No oh, sinkhole. Or oh, oh, you're doing a sinkhole room? Okay, sorry. Uh,
0: all right. Yeah, the whole point of him entering the sinkhole room was to um, kind of secure the perimeter. The reason he entered is because there there is no door here, so he's going to search the sinkhole room. So you
1: may recall that when when we uh, when you entered the first time, you did do the investigate, and that was a recall knowledge, which I allowed you to use crafting on, and I believe it was, and uh, you got a, a feel for this room. Um, and what happened here and uh, also not not only the damage but but the the extraordinary state despite the fact that it's crumbling, it's centuries old it should be in worse condition given what happened and as you uh, as you search this room you notice in the sinkhole there appears to be some sort of destroyed spiral staircase but you look around the room and it doesn't appear as though there was a spot for it to lead up to a second floor but rather it must have gone downward but judging by the look of the sinkhole it's quite clear that clearing through to find where it led would take several days even with three of you or hired hands so it's, it is something you could do. You could spend the time doing off and on if you wished, but
0: that's that's what you discern. Okay. Uh, he will keep that to himself for now and check the door in the west of the room.
1: That door is um, very much uh, stuck shut and it's very rotten and it's very, yeah, there's lots of rubble around it and it seems to be, like, really jarred shut. You can attempt to force it open, if you like, with an athletics check.
0: Yeah, I think you'll do that. Sure. Is that open or closed? That's open. Right, that is a 17. (laughs) You rock that that door
1: open, and it just leads to more rubble into the other side, the southern side of the L-shaped room, Um, and you can see that you're a little bit higher up, but the rubble allows you to kind of descend, and there's a staircase... Uh, in the L-shaped room, you guys haven't really peeked at yet. So clearly, at one point, the staircase led up to this this sort of spot um, and into the door. But
2: you know, it's
1: a very, very light elevation, but it's crumbled since.
2: Uh, Sage Tulok will be following Samal into the room. He is just detecting magic as his exploration. Sure. It, remind of the range on detect magic. Uh, for me zero like your point like your hero points 30 feet like 15 times my
1: hero points (laughs) i think you'll find 15 times zero is still zero scott (laughs) no 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 we're in a fantasy world uh
2: so 30 um you do not detect anything and he's going to continue moving to the south end of the room as he passes samal samal should we continue down to the southern tower here Maybe there will be more of these creatures. Sure there will be, Sage.
0: I just think that maybe we should take another quick breather. As much as that one didn't tire us out, if we get surprised in any shape or form, it could be very difficult for me. I very
2: much trust your judgment in this situation. I'll follow you.
3: So while Samal was searching uh, the room with the chasm, in it could um, Physic kind of search around the rubble that's at the opening, um, like the the hole that's busted in the wall here. Just you know, the I think I'd have what ten feet of searching mobility there.
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you search around the, the immediate area in the eastern side of this room, and you don't see much of anything um, other than more score marks and ancient damage. I will remind you, however, that uh, there was uh, the Mitflit to the north that was so very unceremoniously killed, I believe, by the magic missile, was um, uh, trying to climb the rubble uh, uh, across those double doors that are like totally, almost entirely blocked, and was trying to get through a hole that's above them into the the room yonder. That's
3: the only thing that really stands out on this end of the room. All right, um... Well, and then I'll notice that he's kind of like lost track of the other guys and mm-hmm. see them and follow, catch up with them. Okay.
0: Yeah, Samal just continued to take the search action and just kind of move around this room. He's really just waiting for Physic to, to get his, the rest of his tools together so he can he can try and treat him again. Sure. The, f- the first one didn't go so well. Yeah, <laughs> we had two basically didn't. a. Full hour. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, you're
1: uh, you kind of search in this room, and, and you um, you actually find yourself a little bit distracted by your injuries. Um, you don't really spot anything. You're trying to uh, get past some of this, this rubble and difficult terrain, and and uh, as much as you felt a bit of a burst there in in your, your combat, um, the adrenaline's coming down a little bit, and you're starting to feel feel the the weight of it. So you don't spot anything right now
0: still just tired from throwing up so much
1: <laughs> oh, you forgot about that
0: <laughs> it's
2: been a wild day mm. like you guys have only happened.
0: been
1: here for an hour and 35 minutes so <laughs> it's been it's been a lot
2: and that body count's stacking mm. though 45 of those minutes we're doing nothing
1: yeah does anyone else want to search the room or and or do another activity
3: yeah, I guess Physic would uh, take a search around the rubble of where that uh, mifflet was very unceremoniously splattered by a magic missile. Sure, yeah, and it just looks
1: like it, it looks like you're gonna have to do an athletics check to try and climb it. It's a it's a bit of a steep climb. The mifflet didn't get very far before it died, but you can't really see through the hole so much uh, without climbing up. And uh, it's pretty clear that the ceiling above here has been totally um, destroyed and crumbled, especially on the other side of the door. You can see this big hole uh, in the ceiling. Okay, you can't, like, hear
3: anything coming from the other room? Or?
2: You don't really hear anything at the moment, no. Okay. Uh, Tulak will wander around the room, and maybe even down the hallway to the south slightly, um, detecting magic. Sure. And just skirting towards, like, the edge of the walls to see if he pings anything through the walls, or... Okay, and you move, and you move, and you head south, but you get
1: really nothing. Nothing at all. If you get anything, and you wouldn't, really, it would be, like, residual magics from
2: the damage all around you. Um, But it's too ancient, realistically. Okay. He walks back, kind of doubting himself, because he's not sure whether there was magic there, or he's just not powerful enough to feel it, or you know, he's just kind of doubting himself.
0: Okay, can we just hand wave the other 45 minutes then?
1: Uh, yeah, you guys want to hang out again to treat wounds?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's give it a shot. Kinda. Yeah. This will be the last attempt.
3: Um, I made a mistake on that last one and didn't use a crafting check instead of a medicine check. Ah! Could have saved us could have saved us an hour. you done well, fucked well. up. <laughs> I, just, I just like, you know, hanging out in a dank pit with you guys. <laughs>
1: if ever I was to hang out in a dank pit, I'd want your company. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, you guys can hang out for 15 minutes in awkward silence if you
2: like. And uh... I think that when they're settling into it, Tulak sitting on his haunches beside the two of them while they're kind of huddled up. Uh, just looks at the both and says How far do you think we should continue today? Well, Should we go through all the ruins, or I mean, I've never been in this situation
0: before. Not much of a land dweller. But I think before we report back to Rin, we should at least cover this level. I'm just along for the ride, though. Yep.
2: Rin said she saw the magic light coming from the actual lighthouse. I suppose we should try to make it up there? Which you know is, is pretty much
1: middle north. It's, you're, you're, you've seen the entrance. It's towering above this
0: place. Yeah, this is just to keep it foot, right? Pretty much. Well, means we at least stay in the night here. Not a whole lot of lights during the sun hours. Um... It's,
1: it's only 20 after 10 in the morning and it's only a 20 minute walk back to Otari just just throwing that out there
2: you don't have to stay the night I'm just worried that we might meet what's making the magic
0: light could be powerful well that's why we're here is to meet what's making the magic light the sooner we get this done the sooner we can go back to our stalls well let's get you healed up buddy Yes, please. If not, then we'll just clear out a few more rooms and then maybe head back to town for a for a little bit of a lay down. <laughs> so, we're load it. so
3: that is a twenty one on the crafting check.
1: Nice. Yeah, that's the ticket.
3: <laughs> That'll be four HP. You <laughs> <laughs> earned it, buddy.
0: <laughs> is your backup character a cleric by any <laughs> chance? <laughs>
3: uh it it's another healer um what you just gonna
2: stab
0: physic for that just like (laughs) you know what physic not good enough shield bash uh no just just curious um i know you're doing the best you can let's pick a direction and and start clearing out before we go i wouldn't mind
2: a little bit of that healing as well i'm feeling a little wounded
3: this is gonna be so embarrassing when i give you like full hp Oh, uh, first one was a, uh, yeah, a 26. I just So <laughs> that's <laughs> a, a critical success, so that will be 48 oh, back to Scott. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, All right, so well, you don't even have to roll it because, uh... I kind of want to just to piss everybody off. It's 19 HP back for you, bud. <laughs>
2: oh, thank you so much. How much of that did you
3: need? Two? <laughs> Two?
1: He gives you, like, a, a real, real nice massage while he's at it. <laughs>
0: He just bleeds me a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Gives gives Sage Tulak a real massage.
1: Yeah, let me get knocked out.
0: <laughs> I feel much better. All right, Samal's so going to move back into the mud pit room and uh, go for these doors, I guess. Okay. As they're going through this time, he'll point out to uh, Sage the the kind of hidden staircase that he found the first time around. Just casually point over to it. Shield raised, uh, axe in one hand i just want to
1: clarify
2: you're you're not going towards the lighthouse.
0: no okay
2: we're going towards the out the other outbuilding in the south just to take that corner sure okay the the one that the midflix were entering from which is why he wanted to go this way yeah sage gives a grim nod and uh kind of uh lowers himself down and will begin to sneak
0: or avoid notice my apologies all right. Not a whole lot of reason to do that when this door crumbles in my hand.
3: <laughs> uh, Physic, what are you up to? Physic's just going to take up the other side um, a few steps, maybe, you on know, ten feet back. So okay. we're all kind of, we're, me and uh, Sage are on either side of Samoa.
0: Yeah, and I'll take the uh, scout action here as well. Okay. And then with uh, the GM's blessing, he'll crack open that door. We will crack open that door, and
1: he does. He cracks open that door, and the first thing Samal sees is a mitflit. And it is right by that vine in which the two original mitflits from the first building escaped. What you see sort of in front of you is a 15-foot stone walkway that spans a narrow stretch of swamp water connected to the ruined keep of a large stone outbuilding that you circumvented earlier. Double doors block each end of the hallway. Obviously, you've just crumbled the one in front of you. And standing before the southeastern door is a seven-foot-tall skeleton dressed in armor made of gnarled roots, bones, and rusted metal. The skeleton clenches the Morning Star in one weathered hand, with the weapon's heavy spiked tip resting on the walkway at the skeleton's feet. The two Mitflits that escaped from the original entrance turn around and spot you right away one immediately leaps onto the vine and screams while the others look the other looks at you uh and then at the skeleton and yells, he no yells before uh, following his cohort onto the vine and Samal, you speak under comment and you heard the first one yell twice, Dodge the squirt! Dodge the squirt! And the other one yell, The guard will get him! And we're going to roll for initiative. So they had readied actions mechanically, I guess? Uh, Sure. Ooh. God. <laughs> <laughs> if that's how you want to put it, that's how I'm putting it. Okay. Let us begin this silly encounter Physic, what'd you get for initiative?
3: That's a 23.
1: You got a plus one from the scouting.
3: Oh, plus one. 24.
0: Alright. Some all. Uh, that is a sad, sad 13. Ooh, sweet lord. Too luck. Uh, luck will be rolling with stealth.
2: Oh. Oof. A uh, sad, sad 13 as well. Is that with your plus one? Um, why would I get a plus one? Because Samal was getting. Oh, I get a plus one as well? Everyone gets a plus one. Oh, shit. Fourteen. He grants it to the whole party. That's that's the beauty of that, baby. Oh, dope. Cool. All right.
1: That's going to put us at Physic at the top of the order. The one guy who can't see shit.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> um, I guess he'll do what he can and take a step southwest. She's kind of way out of options here. Can always delay. Yeah,
1: I'm
2: gonna delay. Okay. And then it's gonna go to Tulak. The water below, that oh, is. Alright. Tulak can't see anything from where he is situated beside the door here, so he is going to stride to the north and will detect magic. Uh,
1: okay. And you detect magic. What? Uh, uh, tell me how Detect Magic
2: works exactly. I send out a pulse that registers the presence of magic. You receive no information beyond the presence. Mm. Uh, You can choose to ignore it, blah, 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 blah. Uh, So at this point, I can't pinpoint the source. I can't pinpoint what type it is. Okay. It's just, I just know it's there. You do detect magic, though. All right. And at that point, that is just going to be his turn for
0: this turn. And Samal. Samal. Samal is going to bound into this room over to the vine. First action. Second action, cut the vine with his boarding (laughs) axe. I was hoping so. uh, uh,
1: I knew it. Uh, Roll me an attack roll. AC5. All right. (laughs) Let's get this right.
0: (laughs) Uh, That's a 21.
1: (laughs) Amazing. You run over and you chop that vine real clean. And you see the shocked look of the midfoot that's right next to you as it turns around and raises a hand as if it was about to do something while running away. And the shocked look as the vine releases beneath its feet and it plops down into the water. And the one that's halfway across the vine doing a similar thing, although it's uh, actually pulled out a piece of like rotting something, and it looked like it was getting ready to throw it and as they drop the one in the middle descends into the center of the pond and this massive tusked frog beast leaps up out of the water and catches it in its massive jaw mid fall and just plops back into the water and swallows it whole essentially and that creature looked like
3: this that is awesome Ooh, oh. dope i'm so glad we did not fall into the water from that bridge <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and the oh, other mifflit splashes
1: into the shallower shallower end of the of the water and just starts
0: screaming
1: <laughs> uh
0: anything else for me samal <laughs> yeah i do have uh, one clarifying question did they turn to the skeleton thing at all while they were talking to each other? Yeah, the, the
1: one of them turned at the skeleton and, and, and then yelled out, the guard will get them.
0: Okay, so he's going to spin in his place and with his last action, raise the shield, kind of proffering it up to the skeleton. Okay. He's seen enough shit in his travels between, like, Neff and, and Axe to know that this might and is probably going to come alive with their stupid pixie med, <laughs> And, uh,
1: the... Midflit, who fell into the shallow part, uh, scrambles out of the water, starts running along the uh, the northern bank of the pond, and just to continu- uh, continues around as best he can, past where the uh, the collapsed bridge was, and just 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 runs, just hightails it as fast as he can. And as he does, he actually sort of trips over the half-decayed corpse that you vi- originally saw on the. Uh, Uh, the northern um, bank of the pond. And you notice a couple of shiny gold pieces get strewn about as he kicks the corpse by mistake. And that brings us to Physic.
3: Okay, so we're still in initiative, are we? For now. Well, he's kind of curious about what all this commotion is, so he's going to stride himself down into that room. Okay, I think he's just going to stride in here, then draw and load his crossbow. And that'll be his turn.
2: Uh, Okay. And uh, Tulak? Tulak will stride into the room uh, to the northeast of the skeleton and would like to observe it. Okay.
1: The closer you get, the more you realize the magic is emanating off of it, even that, even if that's not rules as written. And um, it uh, becomes pretty clear that this is nothing more than a simple totem like guard meant to scare people off like a scarecrow. And that Morning Star clearly has some runes etched into it. And it is a plus one Morning Star. Sweet. Whoa, that happened quick. We're going to exit initiative. So, for the first time, you'll see a chest on the map from in Foundry that you
2: can—you should be able to double-click and, and loot. Um. So, while he's standing there, Sage Tulock perceiving this, will look down and look at the Morning Star, and if it has runes on it, he would like to uh, potentially decipher the writing. I'm actually gonna—I'm gonna, gonna handwave this
1: one. I like what you're—I like where we're going, but it's very much just a simple plus one weapon. The runes are quite okay. obvious. Weapon potency plus one, very common, very very common. Keep that though. I love I love that you're about to use the cipher writing because that's like you know that shit's gonna come up. I love that. Um, but this is
2: this is as basic as they come. Great, great. Yes, and Freeman.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> you like that? You like that? <laughs> minus one. <laughs> minus one zero point. You son of a bitch.
0: <laughs> there you go. You get some loot if you want. it. I mean, we're taking it. It's just. Can anybody use it? It's The Morningstar, right? It is a Morningstar. Yeah, it's a common
3: weapon. It's not like a martial weapon or anything. Yeah, it's
0: Oh, and it's simple too, that's the important part. So Yeah. Simple
2: simple weapon, yeah.
0: Do you guys have melee weapons? I have just a dagger. I
2: technically could use it. I but think they're both take the morning star. I think
1: they're both proficient in, in simple weapons at least.
2: Yeah. Except I have literally no strength, though so like the dagger is probably just better for me in general. Yeah, I've got no strength
0: either. So one of you two take it. Samal is built for an axe, so and he he would be loath to give it up. I talked about this
1: off-mic, off off and on with a few of you, but this is where crafting could come in handy if you have the correct feat. So magical crafting could actually allow you to swap the rune from this weapon to another if you have that feat. Hmm. But in this case,
2: or you can pay someone to do it for you. Physic, do you want to get in on this? Or do you want to just roll off and just whoever gets it, gets it? Uh, yeah, I, let's roll it off. I mean, I, I could try try to use it. Like. Oh, we're having our first loot roll off? I like it. Roll off. It's a roll off, baby. All right, okay. flat D 20s What do you got? 17. Five. <laughs> well,
1: that's not going to do it, is it? I guess that's Sage Locks. Very good.
3: This gives me more an excuse
0: to stay at the back. <laughs> I mean, I'm not opposed to moving the the rune to my boarding axe when we move, get back to town, but I feel like that's going to cost a lot more gold than what we have right now. Could do. Or my shield, I guess.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I suppose you could put a potency rune on the shield, right? Because you can shield bash, so that is a thing. Yep, yeah, that would be cool. Too, why not? Never thought of that.
0: Uh, Okay. He will open the the door at the other end of this hallway now that uh, Tulak has taken the Morning Star and kind of cleared his fears of the skeleton being reanimated.
1: You crack open this door and the splintered framing in the ceiling and floor in this room hint that thin wooden walls once divided this stone building's interior. With those walls demolished only a single large chamber remains. Rubble, swamp vegetation and mud piled in heaps like foul nests while a larger stack of rubble and sticks and bones looks almost, but not quite like a throne. A flattened mound of sand with a few dozen bits of wood and stone stuck into it covers the floor before the throne. A single mitflit appears to be brushing bits of debris to one side with his feet in an apparent effort to clean the room but more importantly the mitflits have a zen garden. <laughs> not quite <laughs> <laughs> because more importantly there was a much larger mitflit wearing a makeshift crown and poking and prodding at the mound of sand with a dirty jimmy rigged trident he half attentively says duntuba do nishatun Duda Which translates to, This place is a disgrace, unfit for the boss of the mudlickers. He peers up to see you with a look of surprise, but his eyes quickly narrow as he stands up straight and says, in slightly broken common, Knew it was only a matter of time, but surprised to see you so soon. How do you find... Before execution of plans, he reaches into his pocket and pulls out a piece of rotting something and tosses it onto the ground. And in response, a massive spider crawls down and out of the northeast corner and over to him, gobbling up the food. And the large man gives it a pat and stares at you, waiting for you to respond. Stemming the Tide is an actual play podcast of the Adventure Path Abomination Vaults and is produced by the Uncharted North Network. Stemming the Tide uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Inc. used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. Stemming the Tide is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo. For more information about Paizo Inc. and Paizo products, visit Paizo.com. Music is composed by Will Savino and artwork by Greyhood. Stemming the Tide is recorded remotely using Foundry Virtual Tabletop. If you wish to connect with us or support this project and projects to come, we can be found at unchartednorth.ca, patreon.com unchartednorth, and in all major social media platforms. Links to all credits can be found in the episode description and our website. Thanks for tuning in.